So, Mickey, where are you headed uh, this week? We're going. We're staying relatively local, about forty minutes away. It's, it's a private campground called Spring Gulch. Um, pretty excited. Uh, we're going to with some friends of ours, and a couple, you know, there'll be three families there, and chilling in some not nice, but uh, pretty chilly weather. What's the uh, What's the time going to be like? Like thirty-five degrees Saturday morning when I wake up. Woo. So it's going to be quite cold. Wow. Uh, yeah. So there'll be a. Quick run outside, get the campfire going quickly in the morning uh, before you freeze to death. Because, you know, you know, regardless of where you live, when winter comes and your geographic winter conditions set in, it's always to your body colder than it really is, that first one. So sure. uh, uh, I'm not looking forward to September temperatures being that cold. But, you know, camping in cool weather is, is fun. Yeah, in uh, in DC, it uh, basically overnight it dropped like 15 degrees. Like last weekend, it was still in the high 80s, and you know, on yes, I think it was yesterday. I walked outside and it was 56 degrees, and I was like, oh my goodness! I had to run back inside and like change. Uh, I was going for a run, and I was like, it's just too cold. Um, so yeah, I guess I guess it winter is, winter yeah. is coming. Fall is coming. Fall. I mean, the I think what it is is the for the past several years. It's taken a while for fall to kick in, and yep. it, like fall is here now. Like right after Labor Day, fall was here. Oh, it, it, you're right. And well, you know, it was cold at the beginning of the week. It was in the 40s here. Wow. Uh, earlier, and you know, I've I like to sometimes when it's cool like this, get a um, a fire in the fire pit out there in the morning, and I like to start my workday out there. Um, and um, 40s is too cold for that. 50, 55, sure. 45, 40, not, not going to happen. Uh, well, Hey, yeah. uh, maybe, maybe next time we record, you should, we should start the episode off by Mickey sharing sort of like fire starting tips. Like how do you, <laughs> how do you build like the perfect fall fire? Um, that'd be fun. I, I, I'd, sure. I'd, I'd be interested in that. Um, my wife would <laughs> chuckle because, you know, a couple of years ago she would say I couldn't start a fire, but now, you know, I've, uh, knock on wood, I, I'm pretty good at getting that up and running and quickly. Fantastic, fantastic. Well, folks, with that, we welcome you to this week's episode of Fanatical Fridays. Our goal every week is to discuss the traits, the strategies, and the tactics that separate the best enrollment management teams from the rest of the pack. And what we want to do today is something uh, a little bit akin to what we did last week in terms of sharing some new ideas, but Mickey and I were talking, and actually this was inspired by a conversation I had with a client uh, earlier this week who came to me and said, hey, you know, the we ended up having, um, we have some extra budget. We had originally budgeted X dollars for uh, travel this year and for even professional development this year. And now that there isn't going to be any travel, our school has suspended travel for for the year. And that, uh, and now that, you know, conferences, right, aren't easy to, to get to, they're not happening in at least the traditional way. Um, we've got some extra cash. What do you think is sort of like the best way to go about spending this cash to help maybe test some new marketing campaigns, but then also to help with uh, our own, our own team's professional development. So we thought it'd be interesting 
Uh, you know, while many people probably uh, are have seen budget cuts and whatnot, it might be true that you have at least some cash uh, that you had previously thought would go towards travel and, um, you know, you might want to use and, and not let go to waste. So what we thought it'd be fun to do is brainstorm some ideas for how, if you are fortunate enough to be in that situation, how you might be able to use that extra money for to test new things and, and to uh, help develop yourself as well as your team. Does that all sound like a, a good plan, Mickey? Let's do it. Fantastic. Okay, so here's a couple ideas uh, that I've got off, off the bat here. Um, talked about one of these before, uh, the idea of video SMS for post event and post inquiry communication. So, you know, texting is hopefully a part of most of our strategies at this point. I think schools are still, uh, many, many schools are still struggling to figure out like, how do you effectively, uh, like what does an effective uh, texting strategy actually look like? Um, but one of the things that we've seen some really cool success with is actually incorporating incorporating video into texting. So there's a, there's a number of tools out there that enable you to do this. One of them, and our favorite one is is called Tape, which I which I think I've talked about on this uh, this segment before. But Tape essentially allows you to record story like video content. So you know, imagine a Snapchat a Snapchat story or like an Instagram story like video, um, and you're able to send this out with a a little GIF that sort of uh, entices the user to kind of click through the video. When the, when the user clicks the link in the text message, they're taken to an experience that is again very akin to something like an Instagram story. Um, um, and then from there, right, there's a big CTA where you can uh, click to schedule time with an admissions counselor or click to uh, submit an inquiry form or start an application, whatever might make most sense uh, given the context of the campaign. So what I love about this idea is it's still really novel and really different. And so in a uh, an environment where everyone is sort of pivoting to digital communication strategies, it, and it can be hard to kind of di differentiate your you know Zoom program information session from you know the Zoom program information session down the street. This specific tactic enables your school to to stand out. Um, and it's actually very easy to do, and it's a lot more affordable than you think. So what's cool about Tape 2 is that it, it integrates with whatever texting service you might already use. So if you use a sales message, if you use like a, a Mongoose Cadence, whatever product you might be using, uh, Tape integrates with. And uh, it allows you to, with their cool technology, take a quick couple videos of you, your admissions team, you know, throw it into a texting campaign, and the engagement rate with these things is off the chart. So idea number one is how can you think critically and strategically about how to incorporate video SMS into your texting campaigns? You could certainly do this uh, you know, outbound, inc incorporate it in an outbound campaign, but I think what's more interesting here is how do you use this as like a follow-up campaign? So after somebody has come to your event, right, how do you thank them with a, a custom video message that then invites them to schedule time with an admissions counselor? Um, or, you know, how do you do this post-inquiry where it's an automated text that the user gets after they submit an inquiry form that thanks them for inquiring and directs them to a resource or resources that might be helpful from there on out. So Mickey, what do you think about video SMS as a tactic? Do you know anyone that's used this or um, have you seen any sort of results from this or, or what, are, what are your general thoughts here? Uh, so I, I know some schools that uh, I, I'm aware, let's just say I'm aware of schools that have done this a little bit. Um, you know, so I like, I really like the idea. I think it's new, it sets you apart. 
Um, and I think it's definitely a worthwhile uh, investment. I think at minimum, if you don't have that or you don't have the ability on your side, if you're listening and, and you're uh, uh, an admissions counselor or, or maybe an assistant director of admissions or something, you don't have the purchasing power to go do that. You know, finding some other way to use video uh, to help personalize the experience uh, or help build a relationship. Um, I think that's potentially very helpful. I was talking with the, um, uh, a client this week where we're spending time planning out how we make up for the lack of the physical engagement when we're at fairs mm. meeting students and we're going to be doing some of this virtually. Uh, and how do we make up for that and, and spending time um, creating videos that would just, you know, short one minute intro- introductory videos of the staff. Um, having staff take common questions, different different staff members take a common question and, and spending a minute or two answering it on video and embedding those in, in at least an email to help answer questions. Um, you know, we're, so we're looking at other ways like that. So I, I you know, putting it in SMS is, is to me a, a step further if you have the ability to do that and you have the technology for it. Yeah, and if, you know, if- It would probably be the number one thing I would say to do. Yeah, um, yeah. Finding more ways- to use the team because it, you know, let, let's, let's be real. We, in addition to saving the money, we're also going to save a little time because think of the time that staff's been on the road. Yeah. Yeah. We're not going to be on the road. True. Yeah. Right. So we get some of that time back. So, um, you know, so instead of, instead of spending five hours driving up to Connecticut, um, for a fair and then spending four hours driving the next day to somewhere else or that night where you're going to get some time back. And so now you actually, not only do you have some additional dollars potentially, but you also have the folks in the office with a little extra time to do that. So finding ways to use the time to better engage and relate with your prospects to me is, is I would say, something I would highly stress. Um, so, And yeah, what I like about this idea too is that, and again, for folks that want to learn more about this, feel free to reach out or you can just, you know, Google tape and learn more about what they're doing. Again, there are others um, that I'm less familiar with. I just know tape a little bit better. These things like are not expensive. And what's really cool about them is oftentimes, as you were saying, Mickey, it it uses content that you already have or, you know, uses content that your people should already know. So for example, recording like a one minute video with your admissions counselor saying hi to a uh, prospective student and giving them, you know, the sort of elevator pitch for why they should start an application or whatever it might be. That's not something that like is going to take a lot of time and effort to create these admissions counselors, you know, in theory should, should know how to answer that question. Well, so now you're just throwing, you know, an iPhone uh, in front of them and saying, okay, great. Now say this, but to the phone, right? And then once that one minute video is captured, it's super, super easy to upload this into this tool and include it in a, a texting campaign. So um, what I like about this is, is it, you know, it, it takes stuff that is already there. It takes raw content that exists, but just presents it in a different format that is highly engaging. Um, okay, idea number two. I mean, I'm really interested to see what you think about this one, Mickey. Um, I went back and forth on this a little bit because I think you've got to be a little bit careful because of branding. Um, and depending on how centralized or decentralized your uh, marketing communications team is, this may or may not work. But essentially, the idea is power phrase development for program-specific promotions. So schools spend tons and tons of time 
um, and, and investment, right, in branding campaigns. And, you know, every, you know, three, four years or so, there's some sort of in major initiative for like a, if not a rebrand, like a brand shift or some sort of like brand augmentation. More often than not, they're hiring some sort of outside partner to come in and help with this process. And, you know, they come up with this new tagline and these new colors and, you know, spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on that. And that's great and, and whatnot. And again, as a marketer, as a brander myself, I, I respect that work. One of the things though, that I think um, can be problematic is after a big initiative like this, folks tend, like if, I, if I'm an admissions counselor, if I'm a program coordinator and I'm just representing a couple of programs, my, like the brand tagline is helpful, but it only is gonna get me so far, right? So this idea is, and you could do this internally, you could, hi, you could hi, you know, hire somebody to come in and help with this, is like, how can you equip your admissions counselors? How can you equip anyone that is gonna be doing any communications on behalf of of the institution, whether at the program level, whether you know um, uh, at undergrad admissions uh, generally, how can you equip them with additional, like a bank of additional power phrases and terms that are consistent with your brand, consistent with the program, but are like quippy, are exciting, are essentially like really, really good copy that they can uh, integrate into their communications. So for example, what I'm thinking here is like, how do you take sort of the overarching brand and then come up with 10 to 20 different like one-liners, like power punchers, right? That folks can use in their landing page copy, they can use as like subject lines in emails, they can use for any social media promotions they might be running. So again, they're not, they're integrated, uh, they're, they, you know, they're an offshoot of the kind of core uh, university-wide messaging, but they're personalized enough for the context um, of, of the actual program. So wh what do you think about this idea, Mickey? Like, do you think schools are already doing this super well? How, like, do you think that something like this would be super valuable for, for an enrollment management team? What are your thoughts? Well, I don't know that anyone has a bank of, of the phrases like that. I'm sure there are a lot of training that goes around to, to say, you know, here's phrases we use when we get a question like this. Um, so when you, when you, when you, as you described it to me, I'm thinking of, um, a HubSpot term snippet, right? Yeah, um, yeah. Right, where you're kind of taking that standard phrase, two sentence copy that you can just, you know, put in as a snippet every time, rather than, you know, if it's something you type in an email all the time, you know, having it as a kind of copy paste type thing to make that a little easier and expedite that. Uh, that's kind of what I'm thinking of. Um, so if you don't have it, uh, I, you know, so I, I'm the I'm the person who usually fights the most against having uh, too much um, structure or uh, repeatable use of things like that. Um, even in our work in consulting, you know, we might ha have two very similar clients with two very similar project needs. Um, it's very easy to rinse and repeat. Sure. Um, I, I'm the one who wants to 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 repeat as little of it as we can to make sure it's unique to each individual school that we're delivering it to. Um, and so, so I'm always careful about it, don't, not over scripting things. Uh, but, you know, I think it's a time if you, if you don't have it, and even if you do, it's a time to revisit it because those phrases that you have need to potentially be tweaked yeah, in a yeah. virtual world. Right. So we, you know, if we're, we, we, uh, I, I can't stress enough, at least my opinion on this, the importance of taking whatever you always do, every every bit of it needs to be reviewed and see what you tweak for this year for the COVID 
recruitment cycle. You've already hopefully done a little bit of that between last spring and the summer, but this is the first full season we're going to have of this, or at least season where we kick off this way. And if you've got those phrases you kind of use, you're like, oh, yeah, we kind of do that. Not so fast, my friend. Because sure. I'm going to say you need to pause and you need to look at what the phrases are and think how do we say this differently when it's through a video chat, through a text, and email, things that we might say uh, for someone that came and visited after uh, did a campus tour. That If they're doing that a virtual tour, whatever you say in that follow-up needs to be tweaked. Those phrases need to be rethought. Uh, so that we're we're making the most use of that precious time we have with with our prospects. So yeah, yes. no, I I completely agree there. And um, you know what I'm what I'm even thinking too is I like I I hear you about sort of needing to empower people to you know be different and craft messaging that is like consistent with who they are, especially as an admissions counselor. Um, I think though that like what I what I'm thinking about here is a lot of the times folks. Uh, don't have really great, like a lot of the times, right, if an admissions counselor is also going to be responsible for putting things out on social media, or, you know, if they're going to be uh, responsible for pushing out uh, invites for an upcoming virtual recruitment event, a lot of the time, I feel like those those folks are really good at their job, they might not be like the world's best copywriters, or they might not be really, really great when it comes to um, to, you know, marketing the event, right? They might be, but they, they, they you know, their, their core expertise might be in like, once, you know, people are logged onto the Zoom call, they're amazing, right? So the the idea here is more like how do you better equip people to write great content that is going to entice uh, prospective students to take a particular action? And I think one of the things, like one of the gaps that I see, and I follow tons and tons of schools on social media, is, you know, people end up using the same post text or the same headline text or the same, you know, title text for their event. And it's actually very hard to see, like, is this a, like, how is this event actually different? Is it actually different than, you know, the uh, admissions event that I went to, you know, the night before, um, or, you know, tuned into the night before. And so I like this idea simply because I think it could empower uh, admissions counselors and program coordinators to to know that there here's some like agreed upon verbiage that is uh, not just like brand consistent but also is compelling that you can kind of pull you know pull from as as needed so not required but pull from as needed. Um, okay, cool. Uh, idea number three. I'm curious what you think about this one too. So. I've been thinking, and this is a little bit more focused on professional development. So we've had some folks reach out to us and say, hey, you know, what sort of, um, do you guys know of any sort of good virtual events happening right now or like especially good uh, conferences that are that are happening that you'd recommend? Um, and, you know, I think that there are certainly several uh, worthy sort of uh, 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 professional, you know, development opportunities um, out there. And I think like, you know, one of the people, one of the things I've been pointing people to is inbound HubSpot's big event, which is actually next week. And it's total. there's a totally free option, which is, uh, which is really cool because this event is normally pretty expensive. Um, but when, when I'm, when talking to folks, it's, and sort of like getting behind, like what they're really looking for is, okay, how do we help our teams? Um, how, like how, do, what, what are some really good, uh, ideas for pro, uh, professional development, over the course of our, our, for our entire team. And, you know, there's lots of options out there. Like, right. You can do like an all day training on something or like a half day virtual, you know, session on where you hire this outside consultant and they come in and, you know, teach you guys, talk to you about something inspirational for, you know, from nine to one or something like that. 
and that's fine. And um, you know, I'm sure there's some really good options out there. What I think would be more interesting is how do you go through a cohort together as a team? And maybe this isn't everyone on your enrollment management team, but like, how do you think about actually taking a a course together? This could be like a lynda.com course. This could be, uh, you could hire a outside consultant to come in and, and basically craft a course. This could be like an SEO course. This could be an inquiry nurturing course where it's not just a one-time, like two hour, four hour sort of session, but we're actually going to agree to, you know, once every other week for the next four months, we're going to be uh, tuning into lessons and then doing some work together all in an effort to, you know, grow our team's uh, overall sort of skill set when it comes to something specific like SEO or, you know, how to write great communication flow emails or whatever it might be. So what I like about this idea is that it's a lot it's a lot more substantive than just like a one hour or, you know, a one day uh, virtual sort of like training session. And I actually think doing it together would, will help with, um, you know, team, team building and whatnot. But furthermore, it'll also help sort of like raise all boats. It'll enable folks, uh, you know, throughout your team to grow in an understanding of a specific, you know, tactic or strategy, which I think could bear uh, significant dividends um, over the course of the rest of the year. So what do you think about this idea, Mickey? And what, are, what, are, what other ideas do you have for how folks might, you know, be able to spend their uh, professional development dollars in as um, you know, productive of as of a way as possible. Well, I like the shared experience. Um, you know, I think it helps people kind of grow in the same direction, generate some ideas that way. Um, so I, I like that. I don't know if you're trying to get me to spill the beans on what what I've been working on. I, um, I, I might be. I might be. Yes. Uh, yeah. So well. So if if people are listening to this and they're interested, they've got to email us right away. Um, so we're we're doing a, a, a course. Uh, I'll, I'll be leading a course in two weeks, and it's really looking at how do we shift our virtual recruitment plans. How do we better engage folks in a virtual world? Um, thinking about the travel season being virtual, uh, and we're we're only allowing ten um, institutions to participate, and it's it's a it's four weeks long. It, there are group sessions where all folks come together and then there are individual sessions where we take what we happen, what we discuss and the content from the group and build it out further with um, that institution, help brainstorm and figure out how to build and implement that uh, for themselves in the individual sessions. So it's three group sessions, three individual sessions over four weeks, um, again, limited to 10. And, and I've not even... Uh, email this out in any mass way to to folks. Only talk to a handful of schools, and and uh, most have actually already signed up. So we only have a couple spots. I won't say a couple. We have like four or five spots left. So, um, but I, again, I'm that email goes out to other folks t- uh, uh, tomorrow or Monday. So uh, it starts in a couple weeks. So um, again, I like it. I like the group learning. Uh, I think that that shared experience it'll help with with great um, ideas as folks brainstorm things together. So I'm, I'm all for it, obviously, because we're offering something like that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I love that. I love that. Yeah. And um, in the spirit of shameless plugs, too, um, we're doing at Enrollify, uh, or excuse me, at uh, DD Agency, which is Enrollify's parent company, we're doing an SEO cohort, too. So if you're interested in learning more about SEO um, and Perfect, want to sign up right? for a four-session course, We've got we've got one for you, um, but no, but like I I like this idea of again yeah coming together as a team to learn something, and I think that this is going to pay off. I would argue it's going to be uh, it's going to pay off in, in dividends that far uh, surpass 
anything that you'd get at just like a one, you know, one hour workshop at a conference. So here's an opportunity for not just like one person to go to this one session and learn this one cool thing, but you know, three or four people on your team to actually become way more proficient in a skill or way more proficient in, um, in a framework for how to think about enrollment marketing and student recruitment during this, you know, uh, crazy, crazy, crazy season. So, uh, love this idea. Okay. My last idea for that we'll share today, um, Mickey and, I think like this one's, I guess, somewhat obvious and there's nothing like profoundly new about it, but it's actually something that I think people don't do enough of. And this is a audit of the post app Comflow. So I think that there's actually huge opportunity. I know that like, you know, email is, is this tactic that like a lot of people, a lot of people think like Gen Z in particular, just don't pay attention to the emails. Um, and you know, depending on what data you consult, there's some truth to that. I still think that there is huge opportunity to uh, revisit and augment your post application communication flows. And I think that this is sort of like the year, um, the season really to to think critically about running some serious A, B, C, D, maybe E and F tests to get a better sense of what is it going to take um, to to uh, convert the you know class of, of 2021. And I think that um, what we're gonna see here is hopefully folks that are, are testing new tactics and, and new, uh, new email strategies more so than ever before, because we're gonna have to communicate a lot more than we're used to having to communicate because one, there's people are going to be inundated with content, right? It's, it's already happening. Students are just inundated with virtual communications. And two, for many of us, we're just not going to have the opportunity to show off our, our campuses, show off our faculty uh, in person, at least for the foreseeable future. So I, all that is to say is that I think your post-application communication flow is going to become one of your most important assets and thinking really critically about maybe hiring somebody to come in and audit it and not just like audit it and give you rough recommendations, but actually come in and basically present you with three alternative like email pathways that you could choose for your communication flows would be really, really helpful. I was talking to a guy uh, who works at Podium Education, which is a really cool company. Uh, they're, they're a startup. Um, and if you want to learn more about them, you can Google them or talk to me because I'm sort of obsessed with them right now, but they did this really cool video post app Comflow um, for one of their clients. And it, uh, the, the students that that Comflow ended up yielding were 57% more students than their traditional Comflow. And so all that is to say, if you haven't already done so recently, uh, even if you did so, you know, pre-COVID, now is the time to kind of revisit, rethink, and obsess over how do you kind of recreate the wheel here? Like, what does it actually look like to blow up your existing Comflow and um, think very strategically about like, hey, how do we how do we get more bang for our buck here? So, what are your thoughts on uh, post app communications? Anything else you want to add um, uh, on this idea, Mickey? Well, I think post-app applications a lot of times are to me are the are the worst <laughs> that institutions <laughs> yeah, have. Yeah. Uh, because we spend so much time trying to nurture everyone through, and I know we're trying to do work on Melt. Um, it, but even when folks come to us for work with communications, rarely are they coming for that group segment uh, or that that exactly. window of communications, which tells me because um, I see what they what they have in place when they ask us to look at and what they have. And I can't imagine what they have that we're looking at is going to be dramatically different than what they have for that uh, part of the recruitment funnel. And therefore, I would suggest uh, is an area that needs work. Yeah. So 
I mean, I, I, you know, I, I don't know that I've ever had someone come to me and say, hey, um, we love what we have for our inquiry uh, communications. We That post application, yeah. I really want to try to work. <laughs> I've never had that. Uh, would love to uh, have that conversation uh, because I think it's an important piece. Uh, you know, you've got someone to get, get that far into the funnel. You know, what are we, what could we be doing differently to ensure we don't lose them? Um, and, and not even just melt periods, just post acceptance, um, yep. pre deposit or the first month after pre deposit before you get into the summer melt season. Uh, you know, what, what you could be doing, uh, to keep folks engaged, I think is, is critical. So it's a good time to work on that for sure. Well, fantastic. Um, thank you all for tuning into today's conversation. Um, Mickey, any sort of a parting advice or words of wisdom before we sign off for the day? No, I mean, if you're going to virtual conferences, do your best to enjoy them. Be sure that you mark it on your calendar, that you don't get distracted. Um, if it means closing down your email program, close it down. You know, uh, Zach mentioned Inbound next week, um, which is HubSpot's big conference. Um, he, I'm attending that virtually. I can't wait. It's my favorite conference of the year. One of the very few where I go and actually learn and get inspired. And uh, I have my agenda up on my screen, uh, ready to, so as soon as we wrap recording this, I'm looking at all the sessions I am attending. Uh, so, uh, good luck. Enjoy the, the remote professional development. If you're doing something this fall and, um, uh, and just be sure that you take the time to really learn virtually. Yeah. And you know, the last thing I would just add to there is maybe it, it like, it'd be really helpful for, uh, Mickey and I are, are a part of some of these events. Um, and I will also be attending inbound next week, which I'm excited about, but, um, you know, let us know like what virtual conferences or what virtual professional development opportunities you do participate in. Like, let us know how they go. Like, it'd be cool for us to almost like do a review at some point of, you know, takeaways. What did we learn? Like, how do you actually run a really great virtual conference um, or virtual event? And, you know, what, what can, you know, people learn from when it comes to professional development? Like what specific virtual strategies and tactics were most helpful to you or most helpful to your team in terms of presentation style, in terms of presentation format, etc. So um, if you have any great examples, feel free to ping us and we'd love to give them a look. Okay. Um, thank you all for being here on this wonderful Friday. Enjoy the weekend and we will chat soon. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.